Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I'm Peter, that's Connor and we are going to talk about Channel Zero, Season 1, Episode 3 it's called Want to See Something Cool full spoilers for the episode as always so we got a lot more I feel like things are less abstract after this episode yeah we got a few more defined things yeah, obviously, rather than just vagueness yeah there's obviously still some mystery and there's still stuff we don't know but I feel like I have a better grasp of what's kind of going on there's like a proper mission now there's a proper villain yeah. perhaps and there's yeah there's more t- to it so last week Mike confessed to killing his brother and we theorised that maybe Candle Cove had influenced all the different kids to kill someone close to them now I thought that was a good guess I'm still quite proud of that guess solid from what we based on what we had solid guess however what it turned out to be is that he killed his brother to stop him because he was killing the other kids he was the one who actually killed everyone else and from what we see in flashbacks he kills them with like this weird telepathy power almost where he can influence them and make them do things yeah it's like mind control it's what it is is kind of whatever's making them see Channel Zero in the first place. Candle Cove. Candle Cove, sorry. Jesus. Right, whatever's making them see that in the first place, because it's not physically on the TV, it's not physically on something. Yeah. Basically just went, yeah, well, I'll make you just see whatever, and then you can just walk off a cliff. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was quite an effective scene, actually, when he uh, makes the kid do that, and he makes the kid pull out two of his teeth first. Which, by the way, I just, I just want to say... Pulling out teeth is a bit harder than that. That that kid looked like he did that really easily. You say that, but he's at the right sort of age where they could be a bad fallout anyway. They could have just been loose teeth. They were all maybe 11, though. I feel like my teeth were already out by that point. Not necessarily. Uh, maybe, maybe. I, I'm pretty sure like by 9 or maybe even 8, my teeth were mostly, you know, replaced. No, not necessarily. Mm. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But, uh... Yeah, so he pulls out some teeth and walks off a cliff, as you do. And uh, this is like backstory we get throughout the episode. And this is why Mike killed him. He did this to stop him. Um, which is still dark, but it obviously makes Mike a lot more It makes him the hero again, yeah. essentially. Yeah, which the, ep- the show's done a very good job of actually flipping him constantly. Like, do we trust him? Is he the good guy? <laughs> yeah. You know, Because it starts with like, well... We're following him, so he must be. Yeah. And I mean, in the last episode, well, here, hang on, he killed a brother. Yeah. And I even, was like, oh. even in episode one, though, it was like, at one point, did he take the girl? Yeah. But yeah, then he yeah. saved her. It was like, okay, he didn't. And then, you know, it, it, it's it been going back and forth with whether or not we should um, be on yeah, the Yeah, it's kind of impressive that I'm not bored of that either. Like, that should have got old quickly. Yeah, I think it's because it's it's playing so much with the eeriness of, like, what really happened. Yeah. And it's like the people around him are like doubting if it's him or not, so it's kind of like, you know, imposing onto us. Because I think the actual pacing of the show is actually very good. Like the mm. way it's getting to like, you know, like by the end of episode two, they think he might have done it, and he's been taken off by the sheriff, you know. And by the end of this episode, we've learned that he's not, and the sheriff's facing uh, repercussions for what he's done because what he did was highly illegal. He took someone into custody as a sheriff and took him out to like an abandoned house and. You know, got him shot. Got him shot. It wasn't him. To be fair, he tried to stop that, but the other cop was a little more hot-headed and yeah, you know, uh, went too far. 
Uh, and I want to talk a little bit about his mother, because I think his mother has a very interesting journey in this episode. I was just about to bring up how she kind of has the similar similar arc to us. Yeah. And it's funny, because what I like about it is, by the end of the episode, when the uh, when Amy, the other police officer, who is now acting sheriff, because she's the only one who didn't go off book, um, she, like, tr- brings up the story again, right, so you confessed to killing your brother, and... Mike's mom jumps in and says, "No, that's that's a misunderstanding. That's not what was said," and she changes her story. And obviously, by this point, she's heard, you know, the whole sort of backstory that Mike's now telling that uh, his brother was killing pe- kids and he was the one who stopped it. And you know, maybe that's why it makes special actually, is because somehow he was the only kid who kind of broke the hold and wasn't like just mesmerized by. Handelkov. I think it's very telling that she believes him. Yeah. She believes that her other son was doing this. Yeah. She obviously seen them acting weird, because even Mike says, you're going to notice the kids acting strange, which she did. We see that scene where she finds the kids stabbing this, uh, uh, like, medical... Mannequin thing. I think it was a mannequin. I think it was like, a, like from like a science lab, like when they're like, yeah. studying anatomy. It was one of those kind of things. Uh, and as we kind of we learned later, it was almost practice for when they actually do kill someone. They were like... Mm. Because even though it was, wasn't a real person... You know, as a cop, she must have been thinking, why are four kids holding knives? <laughs> like, yeah, and then the way they all just yeah. run off. And, Without saying anything, yeah. And it's also interesting, it's not like it's just random kids. She addresses them by name. Yeah, they she know knows her them. and yeah. she knows them. And then they just run off without saying anything. It's odd. Yeah, it's odd. It's creepy. It's uh, disturbing, you know, to just to yeah. throw in synonyms of the same thing. You know, it's all these things. Yeah. And so at the end, when she changes her story, obviously by this point, she's heard... Make side of this and she's heard more of the story and why he did this but what I like is before, even before that when they're looking for him because she realised she thinks she's expecting Mike to be at the station because she's told the sheriff this so her and Amy and uh, Gary's wife, uh, Jessica she, like, they're looking for him because they think something's wrong Yeah. and they piece it together because uh, Jessica's a, a real estate agent and she, like, she notices the key for that house isn't there anymore and they go out to the house, and what I love is that Mike's mom like climbs up and sees that he's in this situation. And at this point in time, you know the other cops got him down in the ground with his hand over his face so he can't scream, and he's trying to reach for a box car. Like it's a really sort of horrific image of like her son trying to be murdered. <laughs> yeah, you know? and I like that when she runs in, even though at this point she's not heard the other story, she's not heard about the brother killing people, she's not heard any of the defense. The last time she's seen him, she sliced his hand with a knife and was terrified of him. But as soon as she sees him in this situation where he is a victim, where he's in this distress, she goes into mother mode and goes yeah. straight to help him and protect him. And I think that was an interesting... Uh, like, yeah, I think it says a lot about who she is. Yeah, it was a, it was a human instinct moment that yeah. told us a lot about her. Um, and her instincts obviously are right because of... Well, at least as far as we know, because we're seeing flashbacks, so we know he's telling the truth. To a degree. To a degree, unless it's unreliable, unless we see that there's more to it or whatever. But yeah, as far as we know right now, he seems to be telling the truth. I'm sorry, folks, there's something in my eye. If I'm... Yeah. It, is, it could be unreliable because this, the way we're seeing the flashbacks, at least in this episode, the way we're seeing the flashbacks is presented as him telling the story. Yeah, but it wasn't that the last couple, though. No, the last couple weren't, but I'm just questioning this particular part of the story. Yeah, but I think maybe that's because he's be- it's become clearer to him. Because I feel like in the last two episodes, it was almost like he was getting brief like glimpses and flashes of memories that he'd forgotten. 
Mm. As he was, you know, as he was like around locations that he hadn't been in since a kid, and he was like, "Oh, this is the place where he broke my brother's fingers. This is where this happened." And he was getting these glimpses, and I feel like in this episode, it's him telling the story because, you know, that's why he confessed last episode because he remembered everything. Yeah, he's, 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 he, that's why now it's a case of no, I'm telling this story. This is what happened. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here and say it's not unreliable because it's because he now remembers, and that's why it's from that perspective now. That yeah, makes sense. But you know, um, see, so yeah, all that stuff, all that stuff was uh, nice, good, intense with him, like telling this. You know, when he's t- like saying his piece and they're listening to him and they're not really believing him, but even the sheriff's like, you know, like we should at least look into this. This other person that you've seen uh, was it Jawbone? Was the, is the name of the? Uh, yeah, I think it was Jawbone. So yeah, uh, who he's seen in person in costume. And we've seen that in episode one when we've seen him. Yeah, uh, and we see more of the. Uh, it's actually very telling the the opening Candle Cove segment we see at the start of the episode. It's uh, the Jawbone's warning, or Job, uh, someone else warning the the pirate kid to not open the box because you never know what might get out. And then later we see Jawbone's chasing him, saying, "You let me out. Uh, mm. You have to, now. You have to deal with it." So, in a very loose way, I think that's a case of you know now the box is opened, all hell's yeah. breaking loose kind of thing. Yeah. And even uh even even when uh, the sheriff's driving Mike to the house at the start and he, t- he explains the backstory of this house. This was a house that we wanted to buy. Someone else who was rich stepped in first and we never got it. We never get the chance. And now it's on the market again, but it's too expensive. We're not going to get the chance. You know, I thought that was an interesting little conversation like to have. Because like, he didn't really need to explain this. He, you know, it could have just been, oh, this, you know, she's a real estate agent. This is one of her houses. And yeah, it could have been, I know there's no one at this yeah. house. But he went into this backstory here and he talked about it. So I kind of read into that a little bit. And the way he spoke about it, it was almost as if, you know, whatever, like, to put it in like a sort of broad spectrum, like, maybe they feel trapped by these memories. This The way this show affected them, the way the murders affected them. Like, they have hopes and dreams of getting out of this town and going and doing other things. Um, or in this case, it's simply just moving to a new house, this nice house they wanted. But they're being held back with all these repressed memories and all these this dark past it also made me think he's giving him the chance to explain in this case mm. but he's giving him a chance that they never got with the house yeah yeah so, so no it's uh so yeah there's a lot to read into but i think beyond that obviously we have some more interesting stuff in terms of the overall plot uh last episode uh, the woman who turned out to be a teacher uh in this episode she <laughs> She straight up murders uh, someone, and it's a fantastic scene. It's the woman uh, who was with the sheriff, uh, and was one of the people accusing Mike of uh, the murders. And when they flee, when you know Amy shows up to the house with uh, Jessica and Mike's mum, she ends up at uh, this teacher's house, and she offers her a drink, and she eventually slits her throat or stabs her throat with uh, the hook. And but what makes it be- no? Don't get me wrong. The actual stabbing is great. It goes to the side view and there's blood spurting out. Fantastic! I'm a fan it's of that. The sound. It's the, the sound. sound of it is just perfect. But none of that's what makes it. What makes it is her standing behind her still for five seconds or so before she does it. There's something wonderfully creepy about you know the woman in front looking looking sort of down and not realizing she's there. And her just standing there, and you know she's about to do something violent. You know it. It's like she's contemplating, like, is now the right time? Yes. Yes, yeah. I think it is. But it's just someone just standing there with the clear intent of, like, murder. Yeah. 
but them being unaware is just like really creepy and really really worked mm, absolutely fantastic and, scene and she uh, said you shouldn't mess with Mike like you know he's important in some way to whatever she's doing and she might be behind all of this uh, she might well be because um, she has the kids at her house she, she has the four kids who we then see murdered the other cop the one who was a hothead who was going to kill Mike he's dead mm. and she buries him in the woods after the kids have killed him mm. and she's given them cocoa Presumably because she thinks he might try and have another another shot at Mike. Possibly, yeah. Um, and it's like, why is he important? Is it is he important because he can w- withstand the hallucination or the 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 mind control or whatever you want to call it? You know, the the gaze that you go into when Candle yeah. Cove gets its hooks in you. Or is there more to it? Did there? Hooks. I did. Yeah. Uh, or is there more to it? And who is she? Why is she doing this? Um, Someone asked in a comment in the last episode, actually, uh, theories about her, and I said, you know, maybe it's just as simple as that she's a witch and she's, like, sacrificing people to this tooth child or or the tooth child is her child that she's creating mm. for evil purposes. You know, it's hard to hard to guess at this point. But speaking of the tooth child, there is some wonderfully creepy imagery in this episode. Oh, yeah. So, early on, Mike has a dream where he's... He's out in a field... And he parks the car, and he, he goes to sleep. But he's actually, this is all a dream, actually. At least, it's presented Seems as such. It pre- it's presented as such because he wakes up in the hospital. It could actually be a flashback, for all we know. Yeah. Um, but he uh, goes to sleep with the window open, and Toothchild comes up and starts sucking on his fingers. See, I thought it was... Here's where I'm going to go a little bit interesting, maybe. <laughs> I thought it wasn't just sucking on the fingers. I thought it was eating the fingernails, because fingernails are the same material as teeth. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, like did... more or less, like the core of teeth is is the same as fingernails. But so. does but does tooth child consume that material? Because I was under the impression. At least, I mean, maybe they just like stuck yeah, them on. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought he built his body out of the teeth rather than yeah, yeah, uh, ate them. But yeah, I mean, you could be right. I, I don't know. Uh, but it looked like sucking to me. Mm. Uh, but I mean, either way, creepy as hell. Yeah, uh, creepy as hell. Um, but even better than that, though, is the ending. The the the, the final or the second time this happens, uh, we see him at lying in bed at home. He's went home. He's bandaged up, and Toothchild sneaks in the house, which feels really like it's like, oh, this is a big moment. Like Toothchild's in the house with him, and he goes up to the bed and he starts sucking on his fingers. But then it's his mum that gets up and walks through and sees it. And there's something just magical about her reaction. Like, because she does scream, and her scream is great. But, like, for a few seconds, there's like a moment of processing what the hell she's looking at. Yeah, it's not an instantaneous scream. Because you have to process two things. You have to process... Well, you have to, actually, you have to process three things. One, there's someone in the house that shouldn't be there. Two, it's made of teeth. Three, it's sucking on my son's fingers. <laughs> like mm. all of it is just weird do you know what I think is most interesting about this end scene seeing as it's a dream it's, it's not it's... really the end scene there's another thing yeah, yeah but... okay well okay you know it's, it's played as a dream yeah. like, like before yeah she wakes it's the mum's dream this time it's the mum's nightmare she wakes up but it doesn't follow her perspective like the first time we're with Mike in the car yeah, right yeah, yeah. And, and it's and we're next to him when the tooth child comes up this we follow the tooth child until we get to the mum. It's like, but um, we're following her dream which from somewhere else. Yeah, which suggests that it's maybe a case of 
it is really happening, but there's some weird way, like, psych- in a psychosis level, that it, it, it covers it up by presenting it as a dream or something like that. What if it's a shared dream? Because obviously oh, yeah, earlier yeah. in the episode, when they're interrogating Mike, they talk about yeah, dreams all... and how they've all had the same dreams of, of Jawbones. Yeah, all, all, the, all the people who watch Candle Cove have these dreams and have still been having these dreams for years, even though they don't they don't admit it to Mike, but he can see it in their faces. The the one woman does. Oh, she admits it, yeah, sure. But yeah. the other two don't. But even though you can kind of tell... Uh, I, wonder if, I wonder if it's actually all shared dreams and th- that's what's Maybe. going on with this tooth child. Maybe. What, you think he's just part of the shared dream? Yeah, he's part of the dream universe, and maybe he's trying to but how would, fix how, onto Matt. But how does that work with uh, the teacher? Because he went to her, and she fed him teeth. Yeah, I think she, like, going on the idea that maybe she's like a witch sort of thing, mm. she can kind of consciously access access this dream world. She's, like, between the two worlds. Okay. And the tooth child can't, fit, like, properly manifest in our world. That's why we only, other than when, when he's with her, we don't really see her as, like, the dream stuff and getting teeth. So maybe, I don't know, maybe he's trying to, like, become real I don't know. through Mike. Maybe. I, I can see where you're going with that. I don't know if I buy it just because I think the first couple of episodes, whenever we've seen him, it didn't feel like it. Like, I can see why you think this because of this episode. But even even in those episodes, when we see him, it was like, why aren't the characters seeing him? For some, you know, like like you know when he comes out from behind the the log, yeah, and it's like, you should, wouldn't you have noticed it was there? It's not that small. Um, no, I I agree with what you're saying, but at the same time, I feel like I see that in horror movies all the time where they'll do this because it's creepy, even yeah, though it makes true. no sense that you know you just have to buy that the the thing is like Batman enough to not be noticed if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's kind of how I took that. You could you could be right. I, I feel like. There's definitely probably shared dream stuff going on, especially with the Candle Cove. Either, if not shared, then they're all getting the same dream. Mm. Which, if, what's the difference between a shared dream and just getting the same dream? Uh, no, I mean, there is a difference. There is a difference, but I mean, you could argue, you know, but it's like... I'd say it's a pretty, I think it's a pretty vital difference. A shared dream is well, interacted not... by everyone. Well, it is, but we don't know if they're all interacting yet, though. That's what I'm saying. It could just be yeah. a, they're all getting the same dream. Yeah. Um... So we can't necessarily jump to shared yet until they actually yeah. intermingle, if you will. Um, but yeah, so that that was a uh, wonderfully creepy stuff, um, and not, it's creepy because of just the two child's creepy, but it's also just wonderfully absurd, like just how weird it is that it's sucking on his fingers, like or biting or biting his nails, whatever it is doing, like it's yeah. just. I think this this whole tooth child is such wonderful imagery because it's such a strange thing. It, it sticks out, like you know, it's this white spiny looking thing, and it just looks off. Like it just doesn't look natural at all, even though it has like a, a human form. Yeah, and I think that's what makes it so great, and it and the fact that it's white against all the darkness that you typically see it at plays it so well. Yeah, um, especially when you see like, because at one point the uh, the cop who gets murdered by the kids, he sees the tooth child in the uh, in the woods mm. at night, and it looks really creepy because you, you can perfectly see it; it's clear as day. But because it's standing out against the darkness, it actually yeah. looks really good. It, it it works really well, and of course the final time we see him in this episode is at the end when he's watching as the events play out. Now the events, of course are that Mike's daughter somehow appears outside of the house, even though she was meant to be in a different city with her mum. Mm. And as as Mike, like, I mean, he says the exact questions I was thinking, like, why are you here and how did you get here? <laughs> like, 
you know. You're and she like, looks like she has no memory of it. Yeah, you're like a what seven, eight year old kid, and what, how are you here? Like, how, mm. how did you get here? So obviously that'll be something we deal with next week. But um, what wonderful mystery! But of course, the tooth child watching on clearly says that he's had something to do with it. Yeah, that shot of it just in the window because it's one of those things where you, you always get that shot of like the ghost in the window. Yeah, and. I feel like the tooth child works better because it has such a solid form and stands out so instantly against the blackness. Do you know what works well with that shot as well? Is the building that he's in, I don't think it's actually their house. It looks like the house is like across the street or something like that. Maybe I'm wrong. I just I felt like he was on the other side mm. when it, the camera went over to him. It doesn't really matter, but the building he's in, he's standing in that window. The building's actually the same colour as him. It's that sort of like white, well, slightly darker than white, just a sort of mild cream yeah. kind of colour. And it's the same as him, but of course the room he's in is dark, so it's like the whole screen's practically the same colour as him, except the box that he's in. Yeah. And it looked really nice. And because it's that kind of... Not all houses have this kind of material, but a lot of these houses you get in the countryside do, where it's the sort of... the pointy, creamy, sort of concrete look, you know? Yeah. I don't know what the exact word is for that that, uh, type of coating. Yeah, some type of thing. Yeah, but you know what I'm talking about. It's like it's not just bricks. It's not just um, like a coloured wood or whatever. It's this yeah. specific type of like a pointy material, um, and it's very similar to him. It's it's like ultra similar to him. Do you know what's the worst part? Yeah, house I used to live in used to have this material. Oh, so, I main, main, so did I. Like I, I, I can't remember the name. The house I grew up in had that as well. It's just it's just one of those things. It's, it. it's just the wall. It's yeah. I mean, you don't really think about it, but. <laughs> um, but uh, someone will tell us in the comments and they'll tell us we're idiots and that's fine let us know let, let us know what that's called but like I say though it, it's the exact same colour as him almost so it's just all the whole screen is pretty much taken up with that and then this one box of darkness where he's in and, and it's just, I think the thing about that those walls well, it's it's not smooth it's serrated like the teeth yeah 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 exactly it's pointy it's, 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 it's why it works so well yeah so no it's uh, it almost it's almost like he's it's almost like camouflage, it's like he's blending into the, the yeah, world. Yeah, it's like he's just an extension of the house at that point. Yeah. I actually, I'm, I'm kind of accepting that, because, well, that said, the other cop does see him in the woods. It looks like he does, at least. Mm. But I do buy that maybe he has the choice of not being seen at times. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out more. Uh, but give us some thoughts and feelings in the comments, uh, what your theories are. Um... But I think bringing Mike's daughter here, if nothing else, is to raise the stakes for him. Because now his daughter might see Candle Cove, and now this is like, okay, my own child is now in danger of being part of this evil stuff. Yeah, because obviously it was, it, was, it was personal before, because it was him. Yeah. But he wasn't in any, he didn't feel in danger particularly, because he was worried about the kids. But yeah. they weren't his kids, so it's not personal in that sense. Yeah, but now it's his kid, and I wonder if that's like an intentional thing. You know, if Tooth Child's working under the uh, the the teacher, like if if it, who, I don't know exactly who's in charge, but I think he seems to be taking orders from her. If you can even call it orders in a weird way, they have a, they yeah. have a cause that they're both working to. Um, like you know, was there a decision made bring her here to make him vulnerable, or bring her here to make him this? You know. Yeah. You know so. Um, no, I'd be interested to see how that plays out, but we're halfway through the show. It's got a nice brisk pace. So let us know what you thought in the comments of this episode. 
like and subscribe and all that stuff uh, helps us out a lot thank you very much for watching and we'll see you next time Thank you.